0: Today, we're going balls deep into Fantasy Basketball International. What is it? Who are we? What do we do? I'm joined by one of the founders, B Dub. Let's play. Welcome to the Balls Deep Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Fantasy Basketball International. fbibasketball.com is our website. Head over there for all of our content, leagues, Discord, everything. I'm Adam King at AdamKing91 on Twitter is where you can find me. As I said, uh, joined by B-Dub today, we were sort of – well, I was racking my brain for content and I just thought this might be a good week to get beat dub on and have a chat about um, – who fbi is uh where we fit uh, a bit of the backstory what we offer. so for anyone that isn't super familiar with us uh this is an opportunity to learn a bit as i'm sure i will uh, i will bring beat up in uh beat up how are you mate good mate how are you uh very good um two more days of work then i'm on leave so i'm i'm starting to get into holiday mode uh not not quite there but but getting close and a nice day here, a little bit colder where you are though. Mm, yeah. yeah. Well, it's
1: been nice the last four or five days, like strangely nice for this time of year, yeah. but we've reverted back to the norm just for today. But I understand that it's going to pick up again for the weekend.
0: Yeah. I think we're due to get, to go back down tomorrow. So maybe we're getting your cold weather uh, traveling mm. up here tomorrow. Um, So, yeah, as I said, we're just going to chat about FBI and um, you obviously put it together with Matt Lawson quite a while ago now. Um, We're starting to grow slowly and increase what we do. So, yeah, I just thought it'd be a good opportunity for you to talk about um, the history and and the future as well of of, uh, FBI. So we'll start with the origin story, I suppose. So, So where did FBI start? Why did it start? Uh, And what, what, I guess, what were your goals initially?
1: Yeah. Well, um, I wish I had a sort of a more pre canned response for this, Um, but you're just going to have to, uh, you're just going to have to take what my memory spews up. But um, something that I can say for sure is that uh, we actually didn't conceive of FBI all at once. Uh, It sort of happened independently and then we came together. So, Matt, obviously, uh, the dynasty goat, right? I think everyone can agree with that. But it was was before COVID, uh, Matt had been starting some dynasty leagues. And actually, let me even rewind before that. Josh Lloyd had his own set of dynasty leagues. He must have had 20 or 30 of those. And I was in a couple of those. And Matt was obviously in quite a few of those as well. Um, and then Matt had been starting up some of his own dynasty leagues. Um, and yeah, he, there was a real sort of thing going on. And I believe at the time that the different chat forums for those dynasty leagues were sort of distributed all over the place. So there was, you know, some in group me, some were using, you know, Facebook messenger, um, some were relying on Reddit. Um, so it was sort of, everywhere i guess and a lot of it a lot of it was actually conducted through the platform so fan tracks in particular you know sending out emails through the the way that you do it in fan tracks um, so not not sort of the best holistic experience for participating in those leagues um, and as you can imagine there was sort of like a lot of crossover from league to league you know it might have been 25 Red Rock, as what they Josh called them at the time, Red Rock Dynasty leagues. You, I was in like three or four. Matt, I think, was actually in more than that. But then a lot of the diehard fantasy um, people that have been following Josh for a while and so forth, they might also be in two or three or four of those leagues as well. Um, So yeah, a lot of crossover, but it wasn't a lot of consolidation or a lot of sort of centralization, which is a problem from a communication perspective. Um, So that was going on, uh, but then sort of what I was doing independently of that was I guess I had been participating in various leagues since, I don't know, about 2012 or so, and I had started off just joining free leagues on ESPN um, because that was the first platform that I sort of came across offering fantasy basketball. But then as you mature uh, as a sort of a, a fantasy manager, um, you want to play in more competitive leagues. Like uh, the initial, um, the initial thing you want to do is just win. So, I, a year or two, first year, didn't really know what I was doing. Did okay in the league. The next year, I just wanted to win a couple of leagues, and I managed to sort of go on and do that. But it's such a hollow victory when you're playing against randoms off the internet, and then half the people that are playing stop playing after the first couple of weeks and it ends up being like a you know a, a crapshoot between you and three other managers yeah. and you went up with a team you know like a 13 deep team where they're all you know in the top 50 or something like that anyway you venture into sort of the money leagues and then who's, who's running the money leagues at the time yeah josh was running a few they were good they were run well but then that's not enough to satiate your appetite so this bloke over here is offering a cash league. That bloke over there is offering a cash league. And what was kind of like really common across a lot of these random leagues was stuff like rule changes after the draft or midway through the season, right? Arbitrary rule changes. The commissioner just decides this is what's going to happen and then everything just changes. not fair. Uh, another thing would be like, all right, you right, know, um, you're doing cash league you're sending your 20 bucks or whatever to some guy on PayPal. Um, no transparency. After the league finishes, you don't hear from them for, you know, three, four months, and then you might get your money, you might not. And I'm painting a dire picture. There were plenty of leagues that worked out, plenty of sort of good commissioners floating around. But, again, it was just the same thing where, um, all right, I'm playing in this league, it's on Group Me, I'm playing on that league over there. They've got like uh, they're doing it by email, you know, like, that kind of thing. So the the initial drive was just like two things for me. One was I wanna have leagues where the rules are consistent and enforced and they're not changing and everything's fair. So how am I going to make sure of that? The only way to do it was to like, all right, I'm gonna run the leagues, right? So that was the first thing. And then the second thing, I'm starting to run a few leagues myself. And the second thing is, well, I want to corral all the people across my leagues into sort of one space, right? So I don't want to be sort of jumping from platform to platform, posting announcements and answering the same questions multiple times or whatever. And it just so happened that, you know, just like with what I was describing with the Dynasty stuff before, you know, there's like a contingent of like, you know, a couple of dozen guys and they're not in every league, but they might be in two or three or whatever. So it's sort of like the same community doing Doing the doing the leagues with me, and then on Matt's side, it's sort of the same thing as well. And then the platforms that we're using to host those leagues and do the manage communications, just all over the place. So what I ended up doing, and this is before I sort of uh, we we sort of launched FBI, launched uh, MFB, which was Melbourne Fantasy Basketball. I wasn't thinking too big at that time; just wanted to corral our group into one place. Opened up a Slack account and created like a Slack server, and that was sort of revolutionary because the sort of the best place to manage comms before then was sort of like GroupMe, and you know I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but it's like all right, you've got you've got the capacity to make different channels for different leagues, but there's no sort of uh, capacity to manage it like you would in a Slack or a Discord. So anyway, got all the boys into a into into Slack. Um, and we sort of started managing those leagues through there. And I think the thing that really sort of made that um, go into overdrive was the draft-only league. So I'm a fantasy degenerate. I'll be the first one to put my hand up and say that. Um, I finished the season and I immediately just want to start, start doing it again. And, um, you know, uh, I mean, this is kind of before that I really got into to Dynasty, right? So now our off season, like, especially the first part, it's just chock full of dynasty stuff, right? Like you got, you know, six or eight dynasty teams, you're managing all your transactions, your trades, doing your drafts and stuff like that. Uh, but before I sort of got balls deep into the dynasty stuff, um, you know, it was like, right, draft only leagues. So start running these draft only leagues, very small buy-in. It's The idea is not to manage the teams all season or anything like that. It's, literally just like mock drafts, but with five bucks on the line so people take it seriously. And, I mean, I can actually rewind to even before that, which was, you know, a year or two before starting MFB, which was, you know, I'd be at work, having like standing in the queue to get my lunch, and I'd be sitting there doing an ESPN mock draft, you know. And then, you know, sometimes you'd get in with a group of, I mean, if it was the right time of day, you'd have a competitive one, and that was sort of, you know quite informative it's help you get prepared for your drafts and i found those couple of seasons where i did a lot of those i just had better drafts um but by sort of getting people to put five bucks in to do it it's just like the same experience except every single one of them is a good mock draft So around the same time when you started to create a community together you realize well everyone's all over the world um, it's very difficult to get Everyone, you know, twelve people to sit down in the same place for an hour and do a mock. So we sort of introduced a slow draft concept to these mock drafts. So anyway, MFB it was a lot of mock drafting through the off season, uh, and then the leagues that I was running um, just through the regular season. And I think there's maybe one season of that. Uh, and I'm simultaneously like getting really deep into dynasty at that stage. And I ended up uh, just reaching out to Matt and saying. Look, you got you are you have got this amazing dynasty community. I've got a fantastic like redraft community over here. Our comms channels or well my comms channels were all over the place. Yours still are. I've consolidated it into this Slack server. Why don't we sort of combine forces? You be the dynasty guy, I'll be the redraft guy. We'll just we'll just be the guys that become known for having quality leagues with commissioners that you can trust where there's not rule changes halfway through the season you just got consistency um and fairness as sort of like you know the the sort of guiding lines um so that's what we did we sort of both jumped into that slack channel um we started attracting more and more people uh, i'm pretty happy to say that like that original core of like maybe it was like. 30 to 50 guys that were participating in my leagues. They're all still highly active in our in our community, like almost to a T, every single one of them. So, I mean, I can point to Nurkic, Circus, Yog, Huggy Hugs. Um, I can point to Simmons from Deep, um, those boys and like a Walter, quite a few others that are still just there every single day kind of doing the same thing that we do. And then when Matt sort of joined forces with um mfb we rebranded to fbi um and matt bought a a really strong contingent of just dynasty fanatics but i guess you like uh, a lot of people would sort of know that you know you sort of start off maybe with redraft eventually you find your way to dynasty um and then like the real og veterans are you know sort of People that have been doing it for 20 years, they're sort of um, quite a lot of them orientate themselves towards Dynasty. They like that being able to carry it over year to year. So I guess what I'm saying there is Matt bought in, you know, a good, you know, uh, I can't even put a number on it, but it's probably over 100, maybe closer to 200 real veteran um, fantasy basketball players who have been around with Matt and Basketball Monster on the Reddit boards and all that stuff for years and years and years and years. So there sort of almost immediately was like a real pedigree of really strong fantasy players. So we ended up creating something that was like well-organised, um, well-run leagues, um, sort of social, but almost more importantly, like highly skilled community where you can come into our leagues and you know it's not going to be sort of some pushover. You're actually going to be challenged and I think, um, you know, once you get past that initial urge to just, like, I want to win, you start to appreciate, like, the competition itself and the the, the process that's involved um, with winning. And I think that's sort of what unites the whole community even to this day. It's like an appreciation for quality uh, when it comes to fantasy basketball leagues.
0: Yeah, and, and so, I mean, that moves us on to the leagues themselves. And, and as you said, Dynasty was sort of... I guess the core of, of what FBI is um, as well as the draft only leagues and, and now a number of just standard redraft leagues as well. Um, I think, I mean, you, you run the leagues basically uh, at least the draft only ones and, and Matt, you and Matt sort of share the dynasty and with, I mean, I don't have a, a lot to compare to, but I would assume that this year we had more draft only leagues than ever.
1: Yeah. 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 So I, um... Yeah, I've sort of always uh, run them sequentially and numbered them, and, you know, I keep the records. I've just got to pay them out at the end of the season, but there's always that element of um, looking back and being like, well, who performed the best this year? Um, So then I've also got a pretty good idea of how many leagues we run, and it's just incrementally been getting more and more and more. So I think the first year was like 12, and then 20, and then this year, 75 so far. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll sort of probably push up to about 100 because I think I might just drop one more batch before we get into to the redraft leagues. Yeah. Um, but I will say on the dynasty front that, although I do, I have three dynasty leagues that I run and I started those off actually before, before bringing sort of Matt, before me and Matt sort of connected and, and agreed to sort of found FBI together. I sort of founded those three dynasties prior to that. Um, but that's that's it. I've tapped out at three. Dynasties are a, like a massive effort yeah, to yeah. run, particularly, um, you know, uh, where there's like my three leagues, most of the rules are the same. You know, it's 18 teams, 18 teams, 20 teams, uh, all standard nine cat leagues, all sort of a similar sort of uh, roster and uh, sort of fixture schedule and so on. Whereas what Matt's doing is like, uh, well, I think it's like 40 dynasty leagues. And then another probably 20 or 30 of the draft master dynasty leagues. And then he'll have salary leagues. He'll have roto leagues. He's going to have, he's got uh, in points league dynasties, head to head, nine cat, eight cat, some with massively deep rosters, some are 30 team leagues, some are 18, some are 20, some are 12. So it's sort of another level of difficulty again to have to manage so many leagues, but when they're all different because. When they're all the same, it's sort of uh, like when I'm doing the, the redraft leagues, for instance, and I've got, you know, maybe 30, 40 head-to-head leagues, nine-cat. It's a lot of the setup stuff that's sort of similar. So you can just sort of run through it and do the things that you need to do to set those up or to administer it through the season or set up the finals or whatever. There's sort of like certain similarity to what you have to do with every single one. So I can do that and listen to a podcast. Whereas with Matt, I think, you know, switching from nine cap 30 team league to a real salary 20 team league, bit more um sort of bit more sort of focus required to be able to do that. Um so I'd definitely say Matt is the is the dynasty guy. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, DO's, I think, I think we made that a thing. I don't like that the the draft only leagues really wasn't, I mean, there was no concept of draft only. You never even saw that term anywhere um prior to when we started doing those five dollar leagues with um with mfb and later fbi and now it's like legit a thing you know like you hear, listen to it on podcasts and like obviously yours but even others where it's casually mentioned like you know and people are doing draft only leagues and stuff like that but you know back in the back a few like five ten years ago that they were just like they're just called mocks there was yeah. never any money on the line with them. And uh, they weren't what they are now, let's put it that way. But um, the one um, league type that I haven't addressed here is just the standard leagues, which I think is probably, um, you know, uh, equally as popular as the other two, if not the most popular. Um, you know, they are just uh, well run, standard one season leagues, type of league that everyone is um, sort of familiar with um so we do most like i try and keep everything as standard as possible i want to make it really accessible things i don't like are like weird categories you know if it's nine cat it's traditional nine categories like i sort of believe that it would be better if the ninth category was a hustle stat instead of a turnovers it would make more sense but in terms of what appeals to the most people and you know if you, you fancy yourself like a good fantasy manager you want to go head-to-head with other fantasy managers you want to do it in a way that's like as standard as possible so that's sort of how our leagues are set up so you've got uh head-to-head is definitely the most popular I would say like 70 70 percent is head-to-head um almost all of them all the leagues where they're head-to-head I mean let me finish that thought 70 cent head-to-head 25 percent roto and maybe five percent points leagues. It's the least popular. Um, try and keep nine uh, cat for head to head again because it's popular with roto. It's actually split. People like nine cat and eight cat. I've done nine cat one year. I've done eight cat another year. Always people complain. This year we're going to have both. Um, and then there's always a few people asking for points leagues. So I put on a put on a couple of those to appease those guys. And then similarly with like the setup, all of those leagues tend to be slow drafts because our, you know, fantasy basketball international, we uh, uh, we our community is sort of really truly representative from across the globe. Like uh, I am just, it's basically every continent except Antarctica that we've got, you know, regular mm-hmm. members playing from. Um, so you really just need to have slow drafts um, to sort of facilitate that. Uh, but again, sort of like the points league thing, there is like this um, uh, sort of like a smaller contingent that really love auction draft. So try to do a few of those every year. And actually that I think is like the premium way to do your draft is with an auction. Um, so I actually quite often jump in those auction leagues myself. Um, so yeah, I'll be trying to do a few more of those this year. And I think we've got a good um, analyst one that we're cooking up too.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm leaning more into to auctions, but they are a little bit tougher because you can't, I mean, I can't imagine you can do a slow auction draft. I just don't know how that would work.
1: You can, but um, it's, um, so it involves like having a shared spreadsheet and then you've yeah. got like, you know, you're putting your bids on and um, yeah. like if the time is, eight, like you need, a, you need a good month for it. Like, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing about those. Um, I didn't mention about the buy-ins. I think it's worth mentioning. Um, the DOs are five bucks, you know, the winner gets, I think it's 40 bucks. The second gets 20 or 45, 15. Every single one of them are like that. Dynasties are all different, but it's basically 20 bucks, 50 bucks. They tend to be the two buying amounts. Uh, but with the standard leagues, it's like 20, 50, a hundred, 500, um, and there's always, like, there's some people that want an even bigger buy-in, 1,000 or more. So there'll be definitely be one or two of those this year too.
0: Yeah, and just, I mean, we'll move on to the next thing, but but just on those draft onlys, because, yeah, I mean, mock drafts are a big thing, and and I think the, the season for mock drafts is extending every year because of, well, people like you and me who, as soon as fantasy's done, we want to start again. So... There is more demand for those early draft only leagues. And yeah. the reason, I mean, we obviously get a good sample size with ADP and, and we can pull some data pretty early. And I'm always fairly confident in our data because there is money on the line. Whereas you go into any of those mock drafts on Yahoo or, or Fantrax, you don't know who's drafting. People don't take it seriously. They, they might draft the first two rounds and then leave. So it's all auto-drafted. So it is hard to get a good read on on the ADP data from those sites early. I, I feel like once you get closer and closer to mid-September, October, the data probably sort of levels out and becomes a bit more accurate because people are actually caring about it. But but I like our data. Um,
1: for that. Our data is pretty great just like off the bat. You know, you you, you yeah, can actually, actually literally be – so this is how it works for us. We go from regular season ends, then there's like a two-week break, and during that two-week break, you set up set up the playoff leagues. <laughs> we, yeah. we, like we got half a dozen playoff leagues last year, but we could have put on 20 and they would have all filled up. You know what I mean? So then you have the playoff leagues, the duration of the playoffs, and I'm starting the first draft only before the last playoff league yeah. has, has, has completed. So it's like basketball fantasy is, you know, 365 days a year.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, you'll hear like analysts will say, uh, and Josh is a big one, it's far too early to be drafting. And, and completely fine, it is too early to be drafting. But for me, it just, it's something to do. I just like doing it. But it's, I don't know, I feel like it does prepare you because you're able to watch the trends and, like Wen this season is a really good one. Very, very early. He was going in the 20s now. He's down outside 30. You mm. can just watch the trends quite closely and and have a look at who's going where. So, um, yeah, really beneficial for me. Uh, having a look at the analysts now, so as you've discussed at length here, it was you and, and Matt for quite a while um, running everything, doing everything, doing um, everything. I came on board, I don't know, twelve months ago ish, I think, uh, and and it was more just let's let's get because you while you were doing all the leagues, I guess the one thing you didn't have was content um, or, or yeah. ongoing consistent content. So um, I had a little bit of time, so I we, we sort of had a chat, and and I decided to to come on and, and just help a little bit. Um, do a bit of freelance kind of stuff, um, obviously with with a view to doing a podcast like this. Um, it was probably a bit up and down to begin with, but the, I think we've sort of settled into a nice rhythm now with this show. Um, we've just brought on uh, Karan, who he's probably what he's been doing some writing for us for two months, maybe three months now. Yeah. Um, so he's he's stuff going up on his uh, Swish Scribe, but also up on our on our website. Um, and as we announced, or well, only a couple of days ago, Noah Rubin uh, is coming over to join us with his Take Me Later podcast as well. So, yeah. we're building slowly. Uh, we're still not sort of up there with, with some of those bigger sites that have multiple analysts and not endless amounts of money, but at least some money. Um, so, so we're, we're growing slowly. Um, but I think for for you, like filling out the the content space and the podcast space, was that initially part of the plan, or is it just something that maybe has come about as, as sort of a natural turn of events?
1: Um, I wouldn't say plan, um, but I guess um, I guess it was pretty clear early on that like what we were creating had like the propensity for expansion in like numerous different ways. So, you know, initially you bring people together so that you can have well-functioning leagues. And then that expands because you want to like uh, facilitate lots of different types of leagues. And, you know, as more, because it's like, I mean, I remember being in the Slack channel Right. And we're at like 65 members. Right. And then it's ticking up to 66 and 67. And then you get to 100 and it's like everyone's sort of, wow, we're at 100. Right. And then, you know, same thing when it got to a, you know, when it got to a thousand, like that ticker, it never really stopped going up. You know what I mean? Like it just keeps going up. And then as more and more people come in, it's like, well, what now? What now? And, um, you know, uh, we in the Slack channel, everything's going well. You know, season or two in there, and everyone's feeling comfortable. Boom, we hit the limit to how many messages we can send in a free Slack server, yeah. and they start asking us like, you know, six ninety five per person per month. You know, it's like, uh, okay, well, not going to be able to, not going to be able to fund that. Try and like apply to Slack to let give us a, a like a bit of breathing room, and they won't do that. So it's like, okay, well, we're sort of forced here to go and see how we can facilitate this expansion further. All right, Discord. So go over to Discord. Oh, this is interesting. can do a lot of different stuff there. And then I end up like getting balls deep into Discord. How do you program it at the back end? You know, what are all the things that you can do? Blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, as you're doing that, you're like, well, you're just sort of discovering like, well, this would fit in nicely here. That would fit in nicely there. So I guess it's like it wasn't planned, but it, wasn't just it didn't just come about either. It was sort of like yeah. you know, there's demand for 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 like people like this community, there's demand for it. We're liking doing what we're doing. Like how can we add more stuff that's going to just make it a better, a better place for people? And then the other thing I would say is like like when it comes to, to you, for instance, it's not like like you you were saying, kind of saying like, you know, just so happened that you weren't doing so much stuff like at that point in time, that's true, but I met you, I don't know, five years before that. Yeah, before yeah. that ten years before that. Um, just like you know, through community, um, I remember when I remember talking to you, and you're like, "Yeah, I think I think I might have a crack at becoming an analyst," and then you went on to have like a storied career. But I mean, I remember talking to you before you had any sort of um, yeah uh, pedigree as a as an analyst. Obviously, met you in Melbourne. Um, we met up with Josh another time. Uh, I think you and I met up together before we met Josh, so like we we hung out for a couple of hours before then. So we, I think we sort of like uh, built up a, a friendship. Obviously, we're both Aussies, which um, you know, which helps with that like initial ice ice break. Yeah, um, you know, we're awake at the same times as well. So yeah, um, you know, it's like it's, it's same same. There's like you know, I guess you weren't necessarily. Picturing yourself ending up here, you know, when we met five years ago, although I think I propositioned you about it at the time, right? It, the yeah, time, possibly it's yeah, a long time ago, to come back. yeah, um but then you know, like um just like situational stuff happens and um and then here we are. And look, I mean, personally, I think you've made a really massive contribution to um to FBI. I mean, I, I love listening to your podcast. Like I obviously listen to a variety of dynasty podcasts, but I think the one that you do is like one of the best and like to be platforming you through FBI and uh, have you as the lead um, analyst. I just think it's a, it's a match made in heaven. Um, And I guess the other thing is like, we can build out the community and the platform and the offering uh, it, you know, in a way that, we want to do it and um and i guess one i guess it's not really commercially orientated i think that's something that's really uh, a fundamental thing like we're not shilling subscriptions and trying to turn a profit and pay out shareholders or whatever like you know number one we don't make any money at all um but number two if we if there is some sort of revenue we get something from youtube or whatever like that's just going to go straight back into um you know the platform that we're creating so you know like whatever whatever we can do to just make fbi like a better place i guess we we share that we share those values so i think that's really the most fundamental thing about like how the stars aligned for us is like we share the same values we have very sort of um you know uh like you know a complementary vision of what we'd like to sort of be investing our time to create and then you know matt matt's you know matt's in that same vein and then like you know to your point we brought on sort of quran he's doing written content at the moment but we see big things in his future he shares that philosophy and noah same thing you know he he shares seems to share that philosophy too um and uh you know wants to sort of help you know create a space that um, we can all sort of uh, be fantasy Dgens together in a really uh, pleasurable way.
0: Yeah, and that's for me. It's the flexibility. Like it, it's, I'm sort of, we're, well, we're all free to just do what we want. If we've got an idea, let's roll it out. Let's try it and see what happens. If, if it doesn't work, then okay, we gave it a crack. Um, so no, look, I like it. And, and as you said, it is it is continuously growing because I think. I mean, I don't remember exactly, but when I first started, which was 12-ish months ago, maybe a bit more, I feel like the Discord was at about 1,500 maybe, I and we're now ba- almost bang on 3,000. So yeah. we've it's doubled in, in 12, 14 months. Um,
1: and it's sort of been like that every year, every year almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and actually, we haven't really started the doubling – for this year yet right because we're at 2.96 but you started 12 months ago most of that growth happened september october last year yeah yeah Yeah. and then we're about to see things you know probably like probably be at three and a half four thousand by the time the season yeah yeah and that's just like the discord server something that i've realized is actually the reaches broader than just that number in the server so you know oh yeah of course account for like the twitter followings and um uh, youtube and some of the other channels um it's probably a bit broader than just the 3k
0: yeah Mm. um so obviously there's my show this show the the balls deep show which is um the first i guess consistent show that we've had um matt is about to Relaunch, I suppose. He so he did a couple episodes of Dynasty a few months ago, um, and is now in a position to be able to start doing that more regularly. So I think he's hoping to do it fairly consistently, um, starting next week. Um, and then we have Noah coming across, and Noah has been doing a, a consistent product for the last, uh, I think he's up to 20, 20 odd shows. So that's what six months um, yeah. he, he's been doing his show. So. Uh, Matt will be doing the Dynasty, I'm doing just Redraft, and and Noah is our sort of guy in the middle that will he'll adjust his content based on where we are in the season so now mm. we're sort of heading into Redraft so there'll probably be a bit bit of a focus on Redraft. Come sort of towards the back end of the season when Redraft starts to die down, he might lean into Dynasty a little bit more um, and and look I mean there's view to to potentially have more shows at some point but I think we're I think we're pretty happy with the, the our numbers and, and subscriptions and everything the way we're scaling up uh, at the moment. So, um, yeah, improving. Yeah, our well, content, certainly we,
1: we're we're going to have three shows. I mean, minimum three shows a week. I mean, you often do two, so it could be it almost four shows a week. Um, and I think our the milestone that we're tracking towards is just like one a day yeah you know so yeah. you wake up in the morning there's an fbi show there it's quality content something you want to listen to um and i think uh i think with that scale there does come opportunity right so like you know if um if we get a sponsor that wants to come in um then that's going to allow us to you know offer better prizes um, you know we had Fantrax um, sponsor the last couple of World Cups and they offered a you know assigned NBA Jersey to the winner uh, of those tournaments. So um, yeah, the, the scale definitely brings um, opportunity, but having said that, you know we, it's it's not a matter of just publishing anything you can to achieve scale. It has to be, worthwhile has to be of a quality yeah and you know that's why you know you look at a like a quran like um you know he showed us for a period of time like his sort of dedication and the quality of what he was producing so you know he starts writing articles show show, show them to me show them to you they're pretty good but like can you can you keep crunching them out like i know that you know 10 10 15 years ago i thought oh I could write articles, and I wrote like three, and then, and then I sort of <laughs> moved on from writing the articles. Yeah. I mean, I had a ridiculous tendency to write ridiculously long articles, so you know, three yeah. four thousand words, which um, not like too reading, long. Um, yeah, too long. too long, too many words. But um, but uh, so I wasn't able to sort of maintain uh, article writing consistently. Quran's done a good job over an extended period of time. Um, we obviously talked to him. We talked to him on the phone. Talked to him on a video call. Very personable, and we're excited for him to start um, sort of featuring on FBI um, podcasts and so on um, this season. Um, and then Noah, the same thing. Like you know, sort of um, you know, he's sort of proven himself um, quite um, you know adequately. Doesn't cut it. He's he's beyond proven himself with the production of his, um, Thank me later podcast. And, you know, that's just like exactly the type of, um, creator that we, you know, that we, that we want here at FBI. So excited to have him on board too.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think for anyone that is maybe new to FBI and, and sort of have a look through and see what we've been doing the last three months, four months, um, since we've had a consistent show and some content, I, I would look at, at, what we've been doing is the bare minimum because this time of year is you are almost scrapping for content. There isn't a lot happening. So as you said, the, the vision is to have a show per day eventually. Um, yeah. and I'll certainly be doing probably two shows at least per week. Um, already I've already been on the horn with a few people. has got some good guests and all sorts of things in, in, um, in the works. So yeah, no, I think it's going to be a uh, exciting season. Uh, moving on to, uh, we're almost sort of jumping out of here, but just quickly touching on the World Cup. Uh, you, you have talked about it a little bit with with some of the sponsors and this year it's it's definitely a lot bigger than it has been. Uh, we've partnered with Josh and Locked On Fantasy Basketball to sort of co, uh, co-facilitate or, or co-promote this uh, World Cup. Do you want to just give for for people that don't know what it is um i mean we have pushed it a little bit on on twitter as has josh and, and on our shows respectively but for those that aren't necessarily aware of what it is and how it works do you want to just give a quick sort of spiel on that uh
1: yeah i've got some slides here but uh probably not going to be able to whack them up uh on the screen uh while i'm talking to you so i'll just sort of run through it um All right, where to start? All right, I'll just sort of give an overview of the structure. Um, Yeah, to your point, um, each year the World Cup has taken place, it's sort of grown bigger and bigger. Uh, Initially, uh, it was designed to accommodate for all the people that were existing in our server so we could all compete against each other um, to find out, like, okay, well, you know, who's, quote, unquote, the best this season. Um, But you know, it's obviously grown in popularity quite considerably. And, you know, like something that was very um, eye-opening and gratifying to me was like, you know, scrolling through Reddit, you know, reading some of the fantasy basketball stuff and people are talking about the World Cup on Reddit and you're like, wow, you know, uh, this is definitely like attractive to people. Um, so it's scaled up every year. This year we've gone to 48 divisions, uh, which is actually – um, almost double what we did last year. Um, so uh, 576 teams. Um, but having said that, uh, for anyone that competed in last year's World Cup, we were at about 300 and something teams for that. And um, it was too slow. Like, the you know, fan tracks, as good as it is, it just couldn't handle um, having so many divisions and so many teams. So You'd have things like all right, you're trying to just load up the standings page, and you're waiting for five minutes for the for the page to load up. I didn't feel that was a good experience. So whilst I've expanded it to 576 teams this season, um, I've taken a couple of different measures to sort of um, uh, make sure that those performance issues aren't with us this year. And so far, seems so good. I think I think I nailed it. So I think we're going to have very very smooth. Um, uh, experience this year. Um, But anyway, 576 teams, how do you reduce those down to to one? Um, So the first thing we do is we've got 48 divisions, 12 teams per division, and you basically just play that out like a normal league. So you play each team once, so 11 matchups, and then I think that's supremely fair because, you know, the completely balanced schedule. Normally in fantasy leagues you're playing some teams twice and some teams once. And okay, you could draw all the good teams for your, you know, the best teams. You're playing twice, and then someone else draws all the bad teams. They make it into the finals. You don't. So eleven rounds, play every team once, uh, and then it's yeah, top eight make it in, uh bottom four are eliminated. It's knockout, and then what that means is after three weeks of playoffs, you get down to one division winner. So every one of those division winners gets a hundred bucks, and given that your entry fee was twenty, you've you sort of already won that point. And then if you come second, you're going to get a prize of 25 bucks. This is in, at the division level. right? So um, even if you come second, you're basically getting your money back plus five bucks. No, you, you don't lose anything. But then after we finish phase one, which is you know, like 14 weeks, we jump into phase two. So we take a week off and those 48 managers get split into four divisions. So four divisions of 12. So it's very important to me to keep the divisions at 12 right, because different ways to boil it down, Um, you know, like in the past we had like a Royal Rumble round where all the division winners kept their same team and they all played each other at the end and then whoever had the highest sort of um, amount of points was the winner. I don't really think there's like the skill that we're trying to promote in that setup. It's just sort of, okay, if you've got a good team, you've got a better chance of winning, but it's sort of like a crapshoot. You can't adjust your rosters during the week to try and, you know, try and just like finesse that win, try and get your percentages just over the line or whatever. So important to have those divisions of 12 so that the teams are sort of like the same construct, same depth and so on. So anyway, we take a week off. The 48 division winners are split into four different um, uh, leagues. They draft again and then it's knockout for two rounds. And then that brings it down to three teams per the four. So you had 48 teams that made it through split into four groups of 12, those four groups of 12 become four groups of three, which again equals 12 teams. So then if you make it through to the third phase, which is you just don't get eliminated for two rounds draft again, just with the 12 teams. And then we go into knockout the top four seeds, they make it through to the second round automatically. And I should say that if you make it through to phase three, I think you get another prize, uh, which is, what is it? It's uh, another 60 bucks, right? Um, So those 12 people that make it through phase two get 60 bucks each. And then you're left with uh, 12 teams in phase three. The top four seeds, so they're the ones with the highest win-loss record uh, through the first phase. They... Uh, automatically go through to the second round but then it's knockout so eight teams become four they match up against the four that made it through automatically that becomes four teams and then that becomes a two team playoff that takes us right up to the end of the season um, so uh, it does sort of nudge april it doesn't quite get there but it sort of nudges april but then you're left with one champion they get 3200 bucks and then second overall gets 1600 bucks and then we're also just uh, still in the process of sourcing some like some extra goodies uh, yeah. for people that made it in the World Cup. In the past, sort of used the, um, the signed NBA jersey as an incentive to get people to come and want to play. But now the fact is, like, even though it's the biggest World Cup we've done with 576 teams, there's way more demand for it than we can satisfy, right? It's like, yeah. I mean, I've got a list of over 1,200 people that have registered, right? So um, not everyone can get in at the moment. Next year, I'm probably going to go to, you know, you know, 1,152 teams or something, you know? So it'll probably be even bigger again um, with bigger prize pool and whatever, whatever. But the point I'm making is we'll throw some more goodies in there for, for the people that win. Um, but um, there's no need to sort of have those announced up front. They'll just be like, you know, the cherry on the cake. And then one more point I'll make about the World Cup. I found this year is a bit arbitrary, like who gets in and who doesn't. Now, as you said, we teamed up with Josh to do the World Cup this year. So Josh gave out um, half the invitations. We're giving out half the invitations. Um, But, like, you know, Josh will do his show and it's like, okay, well, who listened to his show? Uh, Who answered the questions in the form? Who got the questions right? Does that make you a good fantasy basketball manager? Maybe, but not necessarily. You know what I mean? So, and it's the same, like we're giving out invitations to the World Cup on the podcast, on Twitter, in the Discord server, uh, but it's not necessarily going to the strongest fantasy managers. It's the ones that were lucky enough to win the invite. So I think that's something that I'd like to adjust next season. And the number one way that I'm going to do that is if you win a standard league, so we'll have probably 50 standard leagues, 60 standard leagues, If you, I think that's going to be like if you win or come second in any of our head-to-head, roto or points leagues, not not talking about the dynasty ones, just the the regular leagues, then you're in the World Cup. Like you get an automatic invite if you want to take it up. So, and then the other thing we might do as well is like we did 75 or maybe it's 100 draft-only leagues this year. So I don't see why the winners of all those draft-only leagues also wouldn't be getting, like, an automatic invite because at the end of the day, you want the best of the best competing in the best tournament in the world. And, um, you know, and it's designed to get, like, the best fantasy player in the world. That's why all the categories are standard, the format's standard, the roster depth's standard. Like, it's not the best person that can read some, like, sort of, uh, like, a set of rules and then, like, apply their fantasy skills to that particular set of rules. It has to be, like... The most standard and most even playing field with the best managers and that's how we find who the winner is so hopefully all that made sense
0: yeah look it did to me but i I knew what you were talking about but yes no i think it did and for me i think i guess maybe some kickback here would be well this is going too deep like the the league is going close to the end of the season and that's when it's not a good time to be playing fantasy the difference i think for us is that you're redrafting so Mm. You're not going with the team you drafted in September, in March. You can draft at the start of March based on what we're seeing. So, I mean, you don't want injuries to players, but, like, I don't know, MB might go out in February. Yeah. So you've had him all season. He's been good for you. He's got you to where you need to go. You can then redraft. If he's out, he doesn't get drafted. Um, Yeah. and, And you can... You might go, oh, look, we can see that the Spurs are starting to rest Wemby. They're starting to rest Devon Vassell. So you might draft Wemby, but it might be at pick 80 because he's yeah. only going to play half the games over the last month. So there is some adjustment that could be made, uh, which I think is a strategy in itself, like knowing and reading the league and having a look at trends and... Understanding what teams are doing is all going to come into the that last portion of the league, which I think is going to make it really interesting.
1: Yeah, and like the draft is such an important part of your whole season, right? Like, you know, if you have a bad week in a matchup with someone, it doesn't make or break your season, but if you fuck your draft up, yeah, you know, like you, you, you're done. Um, so, like, drafting is such a important um, fantasy basketball skill so having multiple drafts throughout the season I think it, f- it favors the most skillful fantasy basketball players um, and it also makes the makes the entirety of the season more interesting as well because you get to do the thing you love like three times instead of instead of one right. I think that I think that element is like it obviously sets us apart from any other Tournament that's cropped up in recent years, um, and I think it will continue to set us apart um, until inevitably um, it's introduced in in other uh, in other spaces aside from ours. But I just view that as a compliment, you know. So um, yeah. and we'll be obviously innovating and making this better and better and better. So uh, by the time others catch up with us, we'll be we'll be uh, we'll be you know steps ahead uh, by that point.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think. Um, we we talk about everyone talks about it i mean josh talks about it a lot is that the fantasy season is or it's almost getting shorter because we're having to end seasons slightly earlier every year because we know teams are going to start tanking and resting by implementing this it allows you to stretch out your season so if you're lucky enough to get to that point and and win your way through it does mean you get an extra month or six weeks of fantasy competitive fantasy basketball um, which I mean, that's that's a win in itself, I think. Mm. Uh, all right. Well, I think I've kept you long enough. Um, a quick chat about FBI turns into a fifty-minute podcast, but there, there's a lot to there's a lot to say. Obviously, um, we've got. I mean, normally I'd ask the person that that I'm chatting with what's coming up. We've already outlined what's coming up, so yeah. um, I can I'm, say
1: one thing on that, which yep. is.
0: Um,
1: I've sent out half the invitations for the World Cup and then I've got another quarter that are ready to go and I've got another quarter that still needs to be filled. So um, the people that have qualified already that haven't received their invitations, they'll get those this week. And then we will fill up the remainder of the World Cup probably across the weekend or early next week and get those invitations out. And I would say it'll be next week, could even be late this week, but could even be just before the weekend. But definitely, not, if not next week, the standard leagues will be going up. Yeah. So it'll be yeah, head-to-head, nine-cat, uh, $20, and $50, $100 leagues, jump into those. Um, it will be roto leagues, eight-cat and nine-cat. There'll be an auction. There'll be a high-buying league. So watch out for those. Jump in as Quick as you can, is like I mean, I keep releasing them, I keep dropping more and more leagues all the way up until maybe the well, two weeks before the season begins. So, in that cat, in this year, it's going to be like seventh or eighth of October. Um, but by the time we get there, they're done, and then also when you get sort of to the end of that um period, which we're just coming into now, you just don't get your choice of what you want, right? You might want to like people coming like I want, really wanted to be in a hundred dollar head to head nine cat league. It's like, wow, we got a twenty and a fifty here, but the hundred one's full. I don't know if I've got demand to do another hundred dollar league. So yeah. get him early, um and then like don't be disappointed. Get get the ones you want and you know come and play against what I I think will be the stiffest competition that you can play against. Like if your aim is just to win the league and win the money and you don't care about sort of like the enjoyment and the challenge throughout the season, I think you can go and pick up, um, you know, fantasy leagues in various different places where you're not, where you're not going to get that quality. But if you want to, if you want to really have a sort of a a challenge and, uh, and, and uh, put yourself in a position where you're really going to enjoy the entirety of the season uh, and you're going to come out if you win, Knowing that you really earned it, then yeah, come and jump into our legs because uh, they're, they're the, they are made up of the best managers in the world. Pretty sure about that, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, and we can we'll we'll drop in the comments, we can put a link to Discord for so for those that aren't, I mean, we both have it in our profile, I think, on Twitter, yeah. Check
1: out um, at adamking91 at hidden upside, uh, at uh, NBA dynasty adp i'm pretty sure there's a discord link in all the bios yep. fbi basketball.com um definitely has it so yeah it's not t- it's not hard to find your way in if if, if you want to come and find your way in.
0: no and so w- we can pop that in the comments as well just just for in case i don't know maybe you're not on twitter but um uh and will we Will we sort of? We might put in a, a link for more entries to the World Cup. Like if people are watching this, can they click through to that form? Are we doing that, or have you got it? Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Like, let's. Uh, what I'll do is we'll drop a form in here, and we'll make um, we'll make uh, like a dozen entries um, guaranteed to people that have tuned into this podcast and completed the form. I think yeah. I should be doing the last batch of ducks on Friday. So I've got ducks to do from your last two podcasts. Then yep. there's this podcast. And then there's a form currently as well in the uh, in the World Cup info channel. There's a form, some duck emojis. Jump in there because I'm actually going to – I think I'm going to fill the league from that form. So we'll get the ones in from your podcast, from this podcast. And then there's probably going to be a couple like 100, 150 spots left, I think, which boom. Yeah. We'll we'll just smash out the ducks from there. So,
0: yeah. All right. So yeah. Look, plenty of ways to get in. Um, jump into Discord. Uh, follow us on on YouTube. Subscribe. Obviously, that would be that would be amazing. Um, I will let beat dub go. Thanks for making some time during your school holidays to to come on and and talk. Have a bit of a break from from the kids and a bit of yeah, quiet mate. time. It was a pleasure. Um, had a
1: sneaky beer while we were doing it.
0: Oh, sneaky beer, even better. Yeah. I'm about to head off and have a couple of those. Mm. Uh, that will do it for today's show. Remember, check out uh, all of our content, as we said, on FB, at fbibasketball.com and on our Discord server. Follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. Until next time, catch up.